Amen. Amen. So I'm excited this I'm excited today because we're kicking off a three-week sermon series um, in celebration of, uh, of the Christmas season. And week one, which is today, uh, the title of today's sermon is Prepare to Be His Instrument. To prepare to be his instrument. So the series is titled Prepare. So every week we're going to talk about preparing in certain aspects of our lives or um, in certain, you know, things. I'm not going to you know, spill the beans yet. I want you guys to come next week to figure it out. But this week is prepare to be his instrument. So how many of us know about horses, right? We ride ride horses. We've ridden horses, right? Um, Horses, you know, we think of horses and, and, and people love to think about riding horses. The majority of people love the idea of riding a horse. They picture themselves on a big horse riding through the wind, the wind blowing through their face, through their hair. You know, uh, uh, they, they, when, when they slow down and they take the horse and they kind of like, just kind of like, like, like slowly walk into an area, you feel like, man, I feel like I'm a prestigious person, like on this horse. You know, it makes you feel like, wow, especially since usually horses are tall and then you are even taller on the horse. You just feel like this presence, like, wow, this dominant presence in when you enter an area on a horse. For those of us that have ridden horses actually know that that's not how it is the first time you ride a horse. First time you ride a horse, it's kind of funny. You see someone riding a horse, and they're kind of like leaning over to the left side, and then, and then they try to straighten themselves out, and then they're leaning over to the right side, and they're trying to adjust themselves. Uh, if, you know, if it's the first time, the groin area is going to hurt. It's going to hurt you because you don't really know how to ride it too well, and, 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 it's, and it's taking a beating, right? <laughs> and on top of that, you know, uh, if, if, you know, in the sense of you screaming, yelling, getting scared, your mouth is usually open, bugs are flying into your mouth, it's not so great the first time you ride a horse. Your feet are falling, slipping out of the stirrups, especially if it's muddy or if it's wet, and you can't keep yourself balanced. Um, one of the first times I was uh, riding a horse, it was supposed to be a trail ride. You know what trail horse is? A trail horse is supposed to stay on the trail. Supposed to stay on the trail. And then on top of that, they're supposed to follow the one in front. And so I'm on this trail horse. It's supposed to follow. Number one, this one did not want to stay on the trail. Where everyone is going forward, my horse wants to go into the bushes. All the horses are going forward, and my horse wants to eat. My horse wants to turn this way. My horse wants to turn that way. When the rest of the horses would slow down, my horse would want to hurry up and get fast. And then you know how they say, don't like get close to the horse in front of you? Because then what could happen is the horse in front of you could kick back. Okay, so they tell you don't do that. And my horse wanted to be all up in the horse in front of us, right? And then when they would speed up, my horse didn't want to speed up. It was just like he had a mind of his own. And no matter how hard I tried to control this horse, in one of my first experiences, he just didn't want to let go of the reins. He didn't want me to hold the reins. He wanted to be in control himself. You know, as I think of this story, it makes me think, like, aren't most of us just like that horse? Aren't most of us just like that horse where we want to hold the reins? We want to be in control of our lives. We want to dictate when we go left, when we go right, when we speed up, when we slow down. Like, we want to be in control. I mean, it's normal. It's normal. We want to do that, right? 
We want to hold on to the reins, and we do this with God all the time, and we don't realize how we do this with God. God is trying to lead us. He's trying to guide us. He's got the reins, and he's trying to pull us to the right. And we're like, no, I want to go this way. Many times we find ourselves wanting to call the shots, wanting to call the shots on how God is going to use us. And um, I've been guilty of this, you know, many times, you know, I was like, God, you know what? You know what I want to do, God? I want to uh, create a group and I want to go out and I want to pray for this specific area. Or specific, and God's like, oh, that's great. And, and God was like, but you know what? This is what I need you to do right now. But that's nothing to look like fun. That means I got to stay inside. I mean, that's not even going out into the streets, God. I want to be in the streets. And at this moment, God was saying, yeah, that's, that's good, but I want you to do this. And sometimes we battle with what we want to do and what God wants to do with us. Sometimes we get so used to using God, and I say this, using God, that we never really allow him or give him the opportunity to use us. We treat him like a genie in the bottle, you know? And so when we need him, we go and we rub the bottle, the little, the little what is it, the, the, the lamp thing, right? The little lamp, genie lamp. And out comes God, and we say, okay, God, look, I'm not feeling well. I need you to heal me because I got this important thing I got to go to. We rub the lamp. We say, God, listen, you know, I've been single for too long. You got to bring me my husband. You got to bring me my wife. We rub the genie, right? Or we rub the bottle. Lord, Lord, you know, uh, I really need this job, so I need you to come through. And we rub the, the genie lamp when we need to use God. And we get so used to rubbing the lamp, rubbing the lamp, rubbing the lamp. Every time we need God to do something in our lives, we never just say, God, how do you want to use me today? How do you want to use me? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? You know, um, in the Gospel of Luke, we read about Mary, and so this first series is going to be uh, based around the conversation the angel had with Mary, right? And we see how this woman named Mary, she just allowed God to use her. She just allowed God to use her. She was fully open to the Lord and became an instrument in his hands. As a retired musician... And I, I say retired musician because, you know, I know my place. I know my place. Yes, I played music for many years, and I, I, I learned how to read music and so forth. But you know what? That, I don't think God has called me to play music. That's not, what I, that's not my calling, you know? I mean, I love to pretend like I could still jam with, you know, with the band or whatever. I could, but I, I just, it's been long. It's been a long time. I'm a retired musician. And as a retired musician, I can appreciate the design of an instrument, right? I can appreciate the design of an instrument. The artistic style, everything that's on it, you know, uh, how, the sound that it's going to produce, how it produces the sound. Like, I, I, I love to appreciate the design of an instrument. But did you know that this instrument, out of the hands of the musician, never fulfills its purpose, which is to provide music. Instead, you can have an amazing instrument like that, and it will be nothing but a doorstop for some people, 
uh, decor, something on the wall, or just memorabilia of the good old days. But out of the hands of a musician, it does not fulfill its purpose. Out of the hands of our maker, we too will not fulfill our purpose. Let's turn to Luke chapter 1, verse 26, verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 26 through 33. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, and he will be, the very, he will be very great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Many of us know the story. We know that Mary, she's engaged. She's in a courtship, right? You know, in, in, a, in, a, in this arranged marriage, perhaps, with Joseph. And during their engagement, she's being told by the angel of the Lord that she will be pregnant and that her child is going to be the son of God. Um, it's something that obviously will catch anybody off guard. Um, but this, that's the story. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk about her, her reaction to this. But before we continue, I want to talk about a couple of misconceptions, you know, when it comes to Mary. And I have to say this because sometimes I've noticed some of us are new to the faith. We're new to our walk with God. Um, we're, we're new as a, a new Christians, perhaps. And we've heard things. And I want to I just clarify some things. Some people will overemphasize on Mary. Some faiths... Will, um, they pray to Mary, right? They pray to Mary. Some faiths will give Mary more attention than they do to Jesus himself, right? And they hold Mary up to this, and they give her the title of Mother of God. This is what people have called Mary. Now, Mary, did she birth Jesus? Yes. Yes, so what does that make her? She makes her Jesus' mom. But to call her the mother of God puts her in a, in a place where she, she is but a human being, right? Um, they call her, uh, and, and so what happens is uh, there's idols made, there's images uh, that are worshipped, and, and, and that's, that, we don't believe in that. However, there are some, there are some that underemphasize, oh, she was just a woman. She was just some girl. And so let's just not even talk about her. And, and, and both are wrong. And there's a balance in between. This, Mary was a young woman, a, a teenager, who uh, found favor in the Lord. A woman that was saved by grace. A woman that, that, that was chosen by God to be the woman who would birth Jesus Christ. 
And so, and so yes, you know, uh, we, there's a balance in appreciating who she is, but yet not worshiping this individual. Does that make sense? Okay, cool. Cool. And I say that because I know some people uh, just need to understand that. All right. So um, today's title, like I said, was prepare to be his instrument. And if we're going to prepare to be his instrument, then we need to first understand a couple of things. How and why, how and why he wants to use us as an instrument. How he uses us and why he would want to. And so first... I want to say that God uses people only by his grace. So we want to reread verse 28 to 30. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. The word favor here refers to God's gracious, God's gracious choosing of his instrument. She found favor with God. Understand this, you know, um, Mary wasn't someone that we couldn't be, we couldn't be. Like she's not, uh, uh, she didn't reach a level of unattainable uh, success or relationship with God. What she was, was a sinner just like you and me. She was a sinner just like you and me, you know, um, and just like you and me, those of us that, that have accepted Christ, we have been saved by grace, and this woman was saved by grace. We can't ever think that it's through our knowledge, that it's through what we know, or how good we are at something, or how well we've behaved. We can never feel that it's our own attributes, our own actions, our own knowledge of something that will influence God's choosing of us. Because if that was the case, then we would be doing everything just so that he would. Not doing everything because of who he is. Do you understand? And when, when, we, when we live a life doing things, acting a certain way, um, um, or with the purpose of wanting God to choose us, to favor us, then what we're doing is everything we're doing is just so that we can get something back from God. And the way we should be living our life, because we have been saved by grace is that we should be living in such a way that everything we say, everything we do, how we live is a product of us being grateful and thankful of who he is. It's two completely different ways of serving the Lord. And we cannot serve the Lord saying, I'm going to do this so that you can do this. Imagine being in a relationship with your wife or your husband um, and saying, I'm only going to do this so that she can cook. I'm only gonna. I'm only gonna do this so that you know he can clean the he can clean the car. I'm, I'm only and so imagine the relationship begins. I'm only gonna do this so that they can do this. What kind of relationship is that? Can you imagine having that relationship with God? So, it's only by His grace. It's only by His grace. I know, you know, the, th the worst thing is, uh, I might be skipping ahead, but the worst thing is that um, we, 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 we fight and we argue with God, but like, but why did you choose Zach? Why Zach? 
Why not Jamal? You know? What, I mean, I, I, can, I can sing better. Why, why am I not the one singing? This person can't even hit that note. And we, and we say, God, why did you choose that person when you know I could do it better? <laughs> well, I mean, do you really want that answer? Because God can say, well, you see, you can't see the heart of this person, but I can. And I'd rather someone that can't hit that note. I'd rather someone that can't, you know, do this as well as somebody else. But you know what? His heart, her heart is exactly where I need it to be. And so I'm going to use that. One, one of the things that, uh, well, no, no, it's just, amen, amen, amen. So, so we argue with God sometimes. We don't realize that, you know, we don't want God to be uh, honest with us when he picks certain people or situations over us because that just means that uh, we have some things to work on. And perhaps it's not something that he needed you to do. Perhaps he has something else in store. You see, we don't, uh, uh, yeah, now I'm skipping, now I'm skipping. We'll get there, we'll get there. 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. It says, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are fragile clay jars. So we can't, we can't brag about being a, a breakable glass jar, you know, clay jar. Everything that was, when, when there's a light from within, right? When, the, when there's a light shining out, the word says, that, the word says it there, that it was clear that the great power is from God. When we testify of God's grace, we're giving him the glory and letting all others see him as preeminent surpassing everyone and all things. Therefore, not having the light shining on us. All right, so the second thing God does, right? He uses people. Uh, he, how he, when he's choosing on his instruments, right? If we want to be used as an instrument of God. Second point is that God wants to use people that are fat. Now, I'm not saying this to give you an excuse to go out and eat, 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 and to try to put on all the weight you can. What I'm saying is that he wants to use people that are fat, F-A-T. And let me tell you what this means, right? Let me tell you what this means. He wants to use people that are faithful. He wants to use people that are available. And he wants to use people that are teachable. Amen? Amen? I can't. I can't. I can't take the credit for that. That was some the, uh, seminary teacher in Dallas, the, uh, Dallas uh, Seminary. Uh, what was his name? Just so, I, just so I quote him so I don't steal his stuff. How, Howard Hendricks. It was, he was quoted saying that. And it was interesting when he said that. So I, I, let's talk about, let's look at being faithful really quick. Matthew 25, 21 says this. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful. Say faithful. Servant, you have been faithful, say faithful, faithful, in this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibility. Let's celebrate together. Now, we went over this whole parable about a month ago, a month and a half ago, um, and so I'm not going to 
go over it again. But I want to say is that we see that his faithfulness in the small things opened a door for God to give him much more. Many of us are saying, God, use me. Many of us are saying, listen, God, I want to be an instrument in your hands. I want to be, I want to serve you. I want to do great things. Lord, you know, uh, I, I want to lead. I want to, I want to be, I want to have a, a, a small group or I want to lead a ministry or I want to just, you know, I, I want to be a leader, God. You know, I can do it. You know, I got the skills. You know, I got the stuff. And then God looks and he says, but you can't even be faithful in the small things. You can't be faithful in service. You can't be faithful in your availability to me. You can't be faithful in your attendance. You know, there's times that sometimes people disappear and, and, and go places and, and, I, and I'm not coming at anybody. I'm just saying this happens across the body of Christ. It happens in every church. There's every church, every place where many people truly desire, I want to do these great things because who wouldn't, right? Who wouldn't want to be used by God in such a great way? But it doesn't start there. It doesn't, you know, people just don't show up, wake out of bed, and all of a sudden be this T.D. Jakes of the, of the world. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight like that. It doesn't happen. It takes being faithful in the small things, in the small parts of the ministry. Many times being faithful in the areas that nobody will ever see. Being faithful in the areas that, that, that Jamal would have never known. I got, hey, you did, oh yeah, I did that. Oh, I didn't know. Faithful in the areas that no one sees because you're not doing it for people. You're doing it at an act of service and commitment to your God. Lord, I need more money, Lord. Lord, I bless my finances. Bless my finances because, God, if you, if you fill my bank account, then I'll be able to help the homeless. You know, fill my bank account because then I'll be able to feed more people. I'll be able to help more families out, especially in times like this, in the holidays and in the winter. And God's saying, you want me to bless your finances, but with what I have given you, you have not been faithful to me. You guys, you know I don't talk about this too much, but the truth is the truth. God has blessed each and every one of us with certain levels of finances. And if we do not return our gratitude and our tithing and offering to the Lord, how can we expect him to continue blessing our finances? COVID has thrown so much out of whack. And I, I'm sorry, this is a public service announcement. I'll just throw in here. I know, that, I know that the world is watching, but this is for our home church. I said, I know COVID has changed some things. I know people were used to giving because they were in the house. And you're not in the house, and therefore many people have just forgotten that it is not something that you just do because, you know, oh, let me just, I feel like giving today or I feel like not. It's something that the Word instructs us as believers. It's, it's a part of our walk. It's a part of our gratitude and, and, and offering um, our, our, our finances to the Lord, knowing that he's the one who has provided those finances to us in the first place. So it's a reminder that guess what? We continue, even though there's COVID, we continue to, we continue to support missionaries across the world. We continue to, to serve families in need. We continue to keep operation of the building. And so there's things that we are continuing to do, although there's COVID. Amen? And so first, I want to thank those that have been faithful in their giving, that have, that have continued to, to, uh, to, okay, anyways, let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. I'm, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going, but the truth is the truth. We can't expect God to, 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 to bless our finances if we are not 
if we are not acknowledging where our finances come from. All right? Don't expect the Lord to choose you to be an instrument in his hands if you are not willing to be faithful. Available, Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. It says, then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to his people, to this people? Who will go for us? I said, here I am, send me. Listen, it's so easy. I, I've been guilty of this. I've done it to my father a million times. So maybe, I hope he doesn't watch this because he'll be like, I know, I told you. Um, but I, I've told my dad, I, I'm guilty of doing this to my father all the time. I would go to my dad, I'm like, yo, this needs to be different. You know, this, you're doing this wrong over here. Oh, uh, you know what? You, you need more help in this area. You know, you know, people need to, this ministry needs more like, more like juice. Like, I mean, I don't know. They got, they got to get more energy going. I don't know. They're, they're just doing nothing there. And I was guilty in my early years, especially when I had just gotten back from the Marine Corps. I was guilty of just being that guy. All the suggestions, all the opinions, all this. I must have drove my dad nuts. It's easy to do that. Anyone can find the fault. Anyone can find the need. Anyone can see the areas that need attention. But not anyone will say, you know what? Send me. Not everyone will say, you know what? I see there's a need here. I want to volunteer to help in this need. I see that there's not enough teachers and, and, and for, for the children. I want to volunteer to be a teacher for the children. You know, I, I see that, you know, uh, we need more musicians. Well, you know what? God has blessed me with a gift of music, you know, a musical gift. You know what? I want to serve in music ministry. Instead of saying, you know, man, they could really sound better. <laughs> they could really do a better job. I mean, you know, uh, uh, there could be more instruments on the altar, you know, some more variety. Well, guess what? Are you saying send me? It's easy, it's easy. But are you making yourself available? Are you saying, send me? Or are we, getting, are we getting so caught up in today's things? Are we getting so caught up in today's, uh, in these worldly distractions that it's robbing us of the availability that we should be giving to God? Are you making yourself available? Teachable. Proverbs 23, verse 12 says, commit yourself to instruction. Listen carefully to the words of knowledge. Commit yourself. <laughs> we do not and will not ever know everything. I I'm never going to know it all. None of us are ever going to know it all. We can always continue. We're, we're going to be learning continuously for the rest of our lives especially when it comes to our walk with God, you are definitely not going to know it all. And it's going to be some, it's going to be learning day after day, time after time. You know, can you imagine, can you imagine trying to take someone, let's say, uh, let's say Caleb, Caleb, I'm going to take him and I'm going to train him how to be a Marine the way I was trained to be a Marine. And Caleb's like, yo, I'm up to the task. I'm up for the challenge. Let's do it. And the second I say, all right, Caleb, I need you to get down. He's like, oh, no, get down. No, I, why would I get down like this when I could just do it like this? I'm like, okay, all right. Okay, let's, all right, all right, over here. Listen, I need you to hold this like this. There's a reason. He's like, no, but why hold it like this when I could just hold it like this? I'm like, okay. After a while, what am I going to say? Caleb, you know what? Just don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it, Caleb. Listen, have you ever tried to teach someone anything? 
and they were acted like that, like they already knew. Like you're trying to teach them something and they already know. They know more than you. You're the one that, you're the one that specialized that. You're the one that goes to school for this specific thing. You graduated. You have your degree. You've been, a, you, you've been this crap. You've been this uh, a tech guy for 30 years doing the same thing for 30 years. And here comes somebody who's new. It's telling you like, but, but why do it like that when I could just do it like this? <laughs> you know how many Christians there are living like that? Listen, I don't care if you're a Christian for 30 years or for five years. We're never going to know it all. And we will continue learning from his word daily for the rest of our lives. I'm never going to say, oh, I know it all. You know, there have been times that I have learned and I have I've been, God has spoken to me through a child. Through a Christian that's been a Christian like Two days or three days. I mean, it, it, God will use anyone. As we look at Mary's example, she shows all these qualities, right? When it comes to faithfulness, you know, uh, the, the, as we read these verses, the, ver- the, the, the words point out several times, you know, in, the, in her story that she's a virgin, Right? We know that she was a virgin, and the Bible tells us this. And so even through this one act, she was faithful to God with her body. She was faithful to her Lord with honoring her body. Number one. Number two, she was available because when God spoke to her, she didn't say no. She said, oh, 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 why don't you, look, 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 I hear it. Listen, I'm all for it. But why don't you wait till I get married? Right? Wait till we get married and then make me pregnant so that way people won't talk, you know? That way, you know, uh, people aren't going to look at me a certain way or I won't have these issues. I won't. It would just be easier for me if you do it on my time. She didn't do that. She made herself available. She was teachable. When she listens, she's listening quietly and, and, and she's attentively to the angel of what's going to happen. Now, she does ask, How? Right? I mean, I think all of us would have, right? But when she, said, when she asked how, she accepts whatever the, how the angel tells her and says, okay. Like she didn't say, but, no, or here, how about my suggestion? No, she asked how, they say, and she receives it and allows God to have his way. Third, God uses his people in his own power. If, you know, if we're going to be an instrument in God's hands, he's going to use you, and it's not your power, it's his power. And we're going to look at Luke chapter 1, verse 35 to 37. And the angel replied uh, to Mary, because, you know, she says, like, how's this going to happen, right? He goes, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her own age, and people used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. She's getting like, God, how is this going to happen? And, and, and God's answer is clear. This is a legit question. Some people say, but, but can you ask God? I mean, listen. If God said, if, if the Lord of, uh, says, hey, you're going to be pregnant and you're a virgin, you're going to be like, okay, God, I'm listening, but how, what, give, me the, give me some of the info here. How are we going to do this? And, um, you know, uh, 
God's answer is clear in in this verse. It's clear. It says the Holy Spirit will do it supernaturally. The Holy Spirit is going to take care of it. Supernaturally. Uh, The power of God will overcome the laws of nature. Listen, sometimes we put limitations on God based on what we uh, feel our limitations, like what we think. Okay, like, like uh, if it's raining and, you know, you have something outside, the law of nature is that that something that you left outside is now wet, right? But if God felt to do so, he could have kept it dry. And we see that, we see a very similar story to that uh, with uh, Gideon, with the fleece, right? We see a very similar story. Everything around the fleece was wet. The fleece was dry. Next day, dry, but everything else was wet. You see, so, so, so God is capable of breaking the laws of nature. He can do it all. And then, and then uh, the verse continues, and, and, it, and it mentions her cousin Elizabeth. And um, if you guys don't know the story, Elizabeth was old. You know, she was barren, and she couldn't have a kid. The angel of the Lord came to her just either uh, just earlier in the same chapter um, and, and came to her and said, you're going to have a son. That's crazy. I'm not supposed to, you know, things don't work in here the way they should anymore. You know, I'm a little older. And, she ha- and, she, and she's uh, pregnant to a son. So the angel is letting uh, Mary know, listen, God will do it supernaturally. The Holy Spirit will take care of it. And just to increase your faith, I'm, I'm sticking those words in there. Just to increase your faith, let me let you know that your cousin is now pregnant. And that's a, and that's a miracle. God is saying, listen, I just got your, your cousin pregnant. I can handle this. This is why it's so important to testify, people. This is why it's so important that no matter how small or bigger testimonies, you share it because it will increase the faith of others. Mary must have been sitting there like, okay, God's going to do it naturally. You know, God's going to take care of it. Holy Spirit, I got him. God's more powerful than nature. Uh, I got it. Uh, Wait, my cousin's pregnant too? I know how old she is. She's pregnant? Okay, God, go ahead. You can do it. Go ahead, God. Do your thing. Sometimes it's a sense of reassurement that comes from hearing the testimonies of others. <clears throat> so you're wondering, how is it that God's supposed to use me? Um, Jesus said this to his disciples, John 15, verse 5. It says, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain, say remain, in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So before we get into like, okay, how exactly is God going to use me? How, what is God going to call me to do? What, 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 should, what, is my, what is my purpose here? Before we discuss any of that, before you even get lost in that, you have to remain in Christ. You have to remain attached to the vine. Because that's the only way that we can ever produce fruit. Sometimes we're so caught up with the things we want to do, with the things we want to say, with the, with, the, uh, uh, with, the, with the productions we want to put on, that we get so caught up with that that we've disconnected from the vine and we're not even now following what the Lord wants us to do, yet following some dream that we may have.
Lastly, lastly, uh, God uses his people for his own purpose. For his own purpose. And I kind of touched on this earlier. um, But sometimes, you know, (laughs) uh, God has his reasons for using the certain people. He just has his reasons. He has his reasons why he might want to pick Fabian for one thing and, and Nathaniel for something else. Like, that's just the way God, that God is, you know? Uh, we, we can't get into the why me, why, why not now, why her. We, you know, we're not going to get into that because we just don't understand. Uh, we will never understand what God knows. Like, we don't, we don't, we'll never understand what he sees or see what he sees. You know, uh, the thing is that we serve a God that he doesn't have to answer to us. This, this is another thing. We won't get into this. We won't get into this. God, we don't, we, we don't have to, like, we don't serve a God that when we go before him and say, okay, God, why? That he has to be like, okay, all right, Miguel, this is why I had to do what I did. And, and this is that. We don't, that's not the God we serve. He doesn't owe us anything. He's not obligated to share with us why he does what he does. Now, sometimes he reveals it, and sometimes he shows us, and sometimes, and, but many times, I'm going to tell you, this, many times you see his reason and purpose afterwards. Afterwards. But there are many times you're not going to know. We have to be reminded that his ways are not our ways, and even though we would have done something our way, he will do it his. So, um, in this story with Mary, as we come to a close, we do get two more insights of God's greatest purposes as they're revealed in this message here with Mary. First is that God used Mary to birth Jesus to save others. So one of his greatest purposes of why he will use us as instruments is so that others could be saved. He chose her to birth the Savior so all the world could know him and trust him and be saved. You know that God does the same things in our lives at times. You know, God will choose you and it may not make sense. Well, God, why, why do you want me to do this? Why do you want me to go here? It doesn't make sense to me, God. And it doesn't have to make sense to you because in that uh, action or in that uh, situation that God may have put you in, you don't know who will be saved from that. Sometimes we feel like, well, I'm only going to preach to the drug addict. And what happens is you limit the, exp- the, the, the possibilities of, of exposing the gospel to other people because your mindset is, I'm only going to preach to the drug addict. <clears throat> when everyone needs to hear the good news. God, the second purpose that we see with the story of Mary is that he used Mary so that he would receive the glory Verses 46 to, 46 to 56, we're not going to read it all, but you see it was a song that Mary sang afterwards. A song of praise, a song that, that gave all the glory to God. She didn't sing saying, oh, I must be the stuff, I must be it, God chose me, I'm going to birth the son, of, the, the son of God. Oh, and she, she didn't sing a song praising the fact that she was chosen She sang a song of how great God was. She praised him and gave him all the glory. 
When God uses us as his instruments, and he uses us so that others can be saved, and he uses us so that he can get the glory. He wants to use you as an instrument. He wants to do supernatural things through you. Listen, man, I can't, I, listen, I, I can't wait to continue to see God moving in a supernatural way. And through all those things, the world will see that he is truly God. So in closing, in closing, I just want to say this. Are you ready to be used by God? Are you willing to be an instrument in his hands? Are you willing to be fat for Christ? Are you willing to be faithful, available, teachable? The first step is receiving his forgiveness and, and being saved. I mean, if we, if we want to be used by God, number one, we have to accept him as our savior, amen? And so if you're watching this today and you haven't made that commitment to receive Christ as your personal Lord and savior, I challenge you, I urge you that today is that day. The Bible says that today is a day of salvation. Today can be the day. And I urge you today to, 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 to t- take a step of faith and say, you know what? I need Christ in my life. I need, to, I need him as my Savior, my Lord and Savior. And if you, if you want to make that commitment, you know, again, we, we, we advise you to reach out. You can inbox us. You can send us a message, whatever the case may be. And I will definitely get back with you. We will pray together and we will celebrate together uh, as you are joining the body of Christ. Amen? And then secondly, there are those that we've already accepted. We've taken that step. We've accepted Christ, you know. And what's happening is that we may have to take a look at our lives and be honest with ourselves when our walk with God. It says, are my priorities correct? I've accepted Christ. I'm a Christian, you know. I, I love God, and, and I read, and I pray, and I do those things every once in a while, every here and then. I can be faithful when I choose to be, and, it's not, and, 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 we, and we're kind of living uh, a wishy-washy Christian walk like that, right? Well, my, my, my challenge to you today is to rearrange, uh, to take a look at your life and, and, and say, you know what? It's time to rearrange the priorities of my life. It's time to understand that, yes, although uh, this may be important, although my job is important, but my job can't be my idol. Although I need money to pay the bills, money can't be an idol. You know, and I have to put God first. Everything else will come. Everything else will fall into place if I am able to do that. So today, church, I just wanted to share that message with you. I believe that, you know, God is preparing his body. He's preparing his church. And as these next three weeks, we're going to be prepared. Amen? So today, prepare to be his instrument. Next week, prepare to meet the Savior. And I'm just excited to just continue in this uh, uh, series with you guys. Let's pray. Let's pray, church. Father God, I just want to... Uh, come before you today, Lord. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your message. I thank you, Lord, for the challenge, Lord, that, that, that is before us, Lord. Lord, I ask right now that you help us uh, take a serious look upon our lives, that we, that we are honest with ourselves, that we evaluate our current circumstances, and that we see if you are first. Are we putting people first? Are we putting money first? Are we putting careers first? Are we putting uh, hobbies first? Lord, are we actually putting you first? Do, are, are, we, are we going out of our way, Lord, to get to know you more, to, to be committed to you?
the same way that we go out of our way for all the other things in our lives. Father God, again, I ask that you stir in each and every person that's watching right, watching right now a, a burning passion, Lord, that would desire you, that would want you more, that will say, you know what, today is the last day I will continue living my life a mess. I'm going to rearrange my life so that you are first. So that you are first. Father God, right now, help us, Lord. Many of us want to be used, Lord, and, and that's a good thing. Many of us want to do some great things for the kingdom, and that's a good thing. But help us be faithful in the small things, Lord. Help us make ourselves available to you. Help us allow ourselves to continue to be teachable, Father God, so that you can actually use us the way that you desire to. Help us, Lord. Help us. Lord, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. As you're speaking to some of us right now, as your Holy Spirit is tugging at our hearts right now, Revealing to us things in our lives right now that just need to be put aside. That are robbing us of our time with you. That are robbing us of the love that we should be having for our brothers and sisters. Open our hearts, Father God, today. Use us as your instruments. Have your way with us. In Jesus' name, amen.